they're getting the check, you know, on the kids on the line. And my nine-year-old goes, Dad, what would you do if you won? I said, I'd probably cry. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Thank you for tuning back in and to Class Racing Today. It's It's been a while. I've been on the road for a couple weeks, uh, and apparently I'm out of practice. Um, welcome back to the show. We're live on the Facebook, uh, and we will be. Uh, this will be up on YouTube. Uh, we are in the works of getting a multi-distribution system set up. Uh, I have a call later today to make that happen. ClassRacingToday.com is the website. ClassRacingToday. Gmail.com. Uh, Instagram. ClassRacingToday. Facebook. Uh, if you're here live, uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, Bobby and Brian, you guys did a great job the last uh, live you did uh, by yourselves. It made me like, hey, I don't even need to be here. But how are you guys? What's going on? I'm tired. We're doing well. Sun is shining in New Jersey for once, for me. <laughs> for Brian once? And I, we, did have, we did do that that uh, live feed last week. I think it worked out pretty well, too. Brian, we did better than we thought we were going to do. So, uh, Craig, you know, we have to have a meeting after this episode. We, uh, I don't know. We I'm out. <laughs> what are we paying you again? We might have to uh, cut that in half. Exactly. That was a, uh, it is getting a little easier. It's amazing as you fumble through enough of these, how it just starts to flow. But I don't know. I'm still tired from watching racing all weekend. I can't believe that race went so long. Like I was glued to the TV. I was not productive at all. And, but man, what a great event that Butner put on down there and that's why today we got Bohannon who was live on location to fill us in and all the nitty-gritty so are you as tired as the rest of us are from watching Tyler I am um you know that I was probably one of the few that was pretty happy about Sunday being uh, combined with Saturday because the 10-hour ride home along with the four days I'd already been there was brutal so uh it was it was nice to be able to drive home yesterday but just an awesome event. I think it opened a lot of eyes to people, you know, at home and that were at the racetrack, you know, that, that maybe their buddy told them they had to attend, but they really weren't looking forward to it. And they got there and just, just eye opening. I mean, it was super awesome to see, um, stock and super stock guys, you know, they were like, Oh, where, where can we, where can we stand and watch anywhere? You know, we're, we're like Brit Cummings. So we're all adults. We can figure out where we can and can't be. And, you know, who, we're spectators. Where can we go? Who can we go talk to? Everybody. So um, just super cool to be a part of it and, and kind of to see how it works. And, and it did even, uh, you know, they had a couple of issues with the ladders and the qualifying sheets, but that's stuff you're going to um, encounter as a promoter when you're trying to do stuff like that. So um, I think they did a very good job on the race. Every racer that I talked to was happy and, and looking forward to next week and, and trying to match what they did. I definitely noticed on Motor Mania TV, um, I was watching it on my on the big screen sometimes, but I was on my computer, and it tells me on the computer how many people were actually tuning in. There were 1,900 people tuning in uh, all day on Saturday when I was watching. So that was impressive to have that many uh, people tuning in to stock and super stock. You know, people love wheelies. People love performance. I think our classes are definitely – they would be fan favorites if – more people knew about them that's my belief all right i got it and, and you're right for sure um i got text from probably a dozen guys that i bracket race with that are like 
okay, so I told you stock and super stock was stupid, but I've changed my mind. I need something to drive. So I think, uh, you know, and, and I think that 1900 number, you know, I don't know if I ever like saw it under 15 or 1600, I think throughout the whole weekend, um, they were right around that 2000 viewers. And I know later in the day, obviously it goes up. They probably had closer to three. Um, so just a lot of guys that don't normally get to see this kind of stuff got to watch it. And I think it definitely opened their eyes. And I bet a lot of people checked out racing junk, uh, stock, super stock ads this weekend. All right. So I want to interject quick. Cause I see that we got Stan and Sheila Holt interjecting saying that was such a great race. And I kind of got beef with them because I haven't seen them on the sign-up sheet for your race, Tyler. So maybe they're signed up and it just hasn't been published yet. But after Bobby told me what great hosts they are, how awesome it was to hang out with them in the pits, I told my wife they bring margarita machines, and she goes, I want to meet that lady. She looks fun. And now I don't see him on the sheet yet. So come on, get signed up there. I'd love to meet you guys. Yeah, I, I did not get to speak to Stan uh, too much. He did beat me. Uh, he beat me in Friday's 20K. But uh, – I did not get to talk to him too much. Uh, I know my weekend's not the greatest for some people. They, uh, I know he's not entered yet. That's not just an update I haven't given. Um, but probably something I'll do is I'll get with them and see uh, if it's something we're doing or if it's just a conflict of interest. I do know uh, Jared Grania, who drives uh, part of that team, Lupe Tortilla. Um, you know, they, Division Four has a lot of races coming up kind of in a row uh, around this time. So, you know, they went to Gainesville, then they got uh, Bo's race, and then they got to get back to D4 for some more races. And trying to make a trip to St. Louis is probably tough for them, if I had to guess. Well, well they are fun people. And Stan did, yeah, he was driving great. I, I think that's what ended up putting you in the announcer's box, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Which you did a phenomenal job announcing. Do you, do you announce regularly, or uh, was that your first time? I, you know, when I have bad days at my home track, when I'm at home, I like to go up there and do a little bit and then some at my races. I enjoy it. It's, it's fun for me. Um, you know, Randy Lynn, I got to do a little bit on Thursday while they weren't live uh, with Joe, which was super cool. And then after I lost, Randy Lynn said, get back to the tower. You guys were doing good yesterday. So I, it's just fun for me. I get to call some runs. And, you know, I know that the way, you know, I do a lot of bracket racing when I do it, and it's a lot different um than the nhra stuff and the way joe does it and we i thought we worked pretty well together and it, it worked out and he was he was speaking on joe he was definitely um very surprised at the difference between races like this and the nhra side too well tyler as smooth as you were how terrible are you at racing because you must practice a lot because you were really smooth I, it was awesome to listen to you you sounded like a professional i think joe was even scared he was going to be out of a job so you should spend more time practicing on the tree and less time practicing on the mic. Uh, the the racing this weekend for me was was bad. I was telling um, my buddy Dylan, you know, this was the first year that I've prepared um, for the beginning of a season like I did. I mean, I've I prepared so much. I was ready a month before. Usually, I mean, it's like let's put this motor in this car. We got a race tomorrow, so uh, just throw that in there. We'll go race and see what happens. And this year. Like I had everything ready three weeks before and I was looking for a place to test everywhere around me flooded Bowling Green, Ohio Valley, normal they flood beginning of the year. Um, and it just didn't work out and we kind of went down there blind and, you know, it took me a few days to get, get the stuff lined out. So the last day we showed a little potential, um, made a little run, but up until that point, it was, it was rough. Well, congr congratulations on runner up for best burnout. Um, 
I don't know if you get a sticker or a star on your time slip or what, but that was that was a pretty good burnout, but you didn't quite have enough to hold off the Hemi car. Did not, did not. Yanis got us on that one. We did get him in best appearing though, so that we were we were chasing two awards, uh, both of us. So he he beat us on the burnout, but we got him back around on the best appearing, which is what my dad cared about. So he wins always. <laughs> I, I think it's not a coincidence that you did the best burnout with your dad's car and not your car. Um, maybe does he buy tires for both or? Actually, that's one of my th my deals now. I pay for tires on both of them, but he does pay for the engines in his car. The engines in mine, so valve springs are a little cheaper on his stuff. <laughs> well, Giannis, so I, I believe what a thousand dollar gift certificate from Mickey Thompson for best burnout and yeah, yeah. You get a nice uh, little prize for the uh, best appearing car we did um uh jimmy jimmy d and the california car covers we got a car cover um and uh classic instruments they also did a 500 gift certificate for that and that's a cool thing about this race especially i know that's they're definitely going to have me beat on that um you know the the thing you try to do best is even when you lose you know you have something for those people i mean I don't know very many people at that race that went home with nothing between round money and, you know, prizes and stuff like that. Obviously that's a big thing for us with, even with my bracket races, you know, you want every, even the people who lose to go home happy and maybe with something in their hand, which they did a phenomenal job of for sure. Yeah. I just kept hearing award after award, um, best losing package. First person to go down the track got a hundred bucks. Um, yeah. just, random that, that's what i when i go to a race it'd be wonderful if i get that because you know i need those consolation prizes to keep going strong yep and bo did the uh bo did the hundred dollars for the first person to the lanes for wednesday and thursday as well so you know wow. and, and yeah, as cool. a promoter it's really worth the money because you'll sit up there for a half hour cost you way more than a hundred dollars for people not wanting to come to the lane so it was smart on his part and good for the racer so was there a clock or like a shot clock or did they only have a certain amount of time to come back around or was there nothing like that? So I think that was another learning curve for them. And it will be for me because, you know, bracket racers, you can really turn them around in 10 minutes. You know, they can get back, you know, you got alternators and you got tranny coolers and stuff like that. And that was definitely a learning curve because they gave them 15 minutes um, in those later rounds. And I know me personally getting off the end of the track, turning air bottles off and I, I like to get out and take my jacket off. It was eight minutes before I got back to the trailer. So, that leaves you six, seven minutes at your trailer to charge a battery or to cool it down a little bit. And, um, you know, I know that's tough on those guys in the stock super stock world, especially, um, that was an issue with, uh, Marion and long Haney's heads up is that they were on that 15 minute clock trying to get back and run a heads up. So learning curve there. And I don't have the answer to it. I don't, you know, I don't know the, the better option. Definitely going to have to give them some more time. It's just filling that time. Well, by looking at your reaction times, I thought you were eating your giddy piggy, uh, grilled cheese in the car by looking at your reaction time it was it was brutal i i fought with it quite a, wednesday i didn't fight with it and then um friday i did and finally saturday i just i got really aggressive i thought i ended up missing the tree the fourth round but you know i just saturday i woke up and said screw it i'm gonna get aggressive and try to make something happen and it was better but it was still not great well it just looked the packages like a... they were just killer everybody was killered you know, that top 64, but the first three pairs that went down, I think had like five double O lights in it. I was, I was in there, Brenda Grubbs. I was 18 and had no chance. Brenda Grubbs was double O nine and a few thou under. 
and I made a good run. I thought I was teen and, and took a hundredth at the stripe and really was just in her way. She should have told me to stay at the trailer because that, that saved me a run. Well, there was more 12 packs or better than there is at the average gas station. Like that was just crazy. Like how good the racing was. It was, it was awesome. And, and, you know, people, um, I like to think that I'm the same way, you know, when you, when you put pressure on the line like that, I've, I've entered a few 64 car, 50 granders and it's a different atmosphere. It's, you know, it's not just like any other 50 grander, let alone what these guys do, you know, running for 1200 or 2000 or 5,000 bucks. Um, it's, it's a different atmosphere, put a little pressure on you. And you saw that a lot of them thrive in the pressure and I don't know where I stand on that. <laughs> sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but you definitely, you know, Edmund Ellison, I was talking about him some Friday night. Um, he thrives under pressure. He's one of the best when it comes to swapping feet and his brother. Um, and I think he was, he was double O first round and Allison was double O next to him. And, you know, he came out on the right end of a tight race there. And then when he lost, he was double O and it, he just had some bad luck and, and the ignition shut off when he took off. But, you know, people like that just seem to really thrive under pressure and made it happen. Well, there was definitely a few uh, hitters that really stood out. I mean, just consistently in both classes, just going rounds. Like, it was it was really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, you always watch those deals and don't really know. You know, I know I always I'm, – I'm comparing a lot to bracket racing, but that's, you know, kind of where, where my comparison comes from with a deal like this. Um, you know, your standouts always stand out, but – it's hard for him to win that many rounds in a row without somebody getting some luck in there. But I, I feel like your hitters did stand out. You know, Aaron Allison is a well-decorated racer here in division three, uh, as well as all over. And, and he stood out there on Friday and then Joel Warren, he probably, you know, the only reason that, um, you know, you don't see Joel every time you open the national directors because he just doesn't get to race as much as some of these guys, but he showed that he has the talent to do so. Um, Brick Cummings, obviously, as well. And Slate did good in the 40 grander later that night. Um, and uh, Joe Santangelo, I mean, he's one of the best to do this week in, week out, and proved it there uh, late. And Michael Brand as well. Yeah, Joe, I believe, had some troubles getting down to the track. Uh, I think I read that his motor motorhome um, had radiator issues, and they didn't get in until late night. They were supposed to test. And I think he got a chance to test from what I read and he still came out and got the job done. I mean, he is definitely, he's up there as one of the best drivers to ever do this. Oh, oh yeah. Hands down. I actually didn't know about his, he was parked just a couple trailers down from me and I didn't know about his issues until I read about him, but that was pretty crazy. But first time I ever saw Joe Santangelo was in the Jags All-Stars in 2010. Uh, my dad was in it too. And uh, he, he won that year. And I got to talk to him a little bit. I was a young kid, but just, you know, that's, that's my first recollection of him and just how good he was. And he hasn't got, he's gotten better since then. And it's unreal. So we have a question on um, Facebook right now asking, was there any tech involved at this race? Were they checking for anything, checking for electronics, um, you know, checking carburetors, doing anything that you would expect to be done to class cars? Um, so the tech process there, you know, you go to registration, you got all your tech cards and stuff, you filled that out and then you would hand your card to Dave Lay, uh, who would double check your, um, weight, you know, cubic inch and horsepower ratings and stuff like that. Um, but you know, after that, that was kind of the end. Um, we did scale cars, uh, 
I scaled every run that you want, obviously. Um, but that was that was the end of it for that process. Um, I don't, you know, personally, as a racer, I could 50-50 on that. It doesn't much matter to me, um, you know, but I know that maybe, maybe one issue that people had uh, was that, you know, because they you still they still want to it to be as legit um as the nhra races and that's one of the big things you know those heads up runs and stuff like that i was not a part of those heads up runs as far as seeing what happened maybe they did a little bit more um in those i don't know um but i do know that that was maybe one of the complaints was um just maybe maybe could have had a little bit more when it came to the tech department are you seeing your race run differently as far as that goes yeah, and, and I don't think that this is something that I picked up from. I just, you know, this was beforehand kind of, um, you know, I'm, I've got three guys coming in um, to, to do that for me. And I do want to take that extra step, not that, not that they didn't. Um, but, you know, just, just like uh, Bobby was saying, you know, carburetors and throttle bodies, maybe, you know, pump a car here and there, you know, just, just kind of keep everybody on their toes and, and know that we're doing, going the extra mile to kind of, make sure that this stuff is what it's supposed to be yeah spot check i'm a i'm a big fan of of spot checks and especially on return roads but yeah for sure when it's a heads up um and or during qualifying when people are trying to make you know get on a ladder or during class eliminations what have you definitely i'm a fan of the spot checks um yeah you're racing somebody that's not in your class i really you know I'm I'm not as concerned about it. Right, it's it's not as big a factor for sure. I mean, the you know the where I really saw it, you know, I went to, I was at Topeka um, two seasons ago. I guess it's been that long ago, and you know, just they picked their six or seven cars out at the end of the Q2 and rolled them over into the barn, and we're checking, you know, just little stuff. You know, they're not trying to throw you out, you know, and that's that's where I'm at. You know, with the comp eliminator stuff, you know, at my race, I'm. You know, I'd like to pump a car here and there, not to throw them out, but just to make sure that, you know, their tech card's right with what they're giving me and we're, we're all on the same page. You know, if I catch it wrong first day, you know, I'm not going to tell you to pack your stuff and get out, but we're going to make sure that your tech card's right. Well, and even I wonder, like, in the – I think there was another race somewhere else, but was it Vegas? Like, how much tech actually happened there? Like, I haven't heard much about it. So, you know, even an NHRA race, there's not a lot of tech happening. So I think that's – as purists were like oh you know there's no tech it's not legitimate but there's not a lot at most of these races so i just feel like yeah, it needs to be enforced across the board at every race yeah it's went away you know nhra that's one of another downfalls that i think is happening quickly is i did notice at gainesville um which i'd made a comment or two on social media about it in the past it seems like every car that went 120 under they tore down which i've don't read up on it enough to know if that's a decision they made and posted, but I do like it. You know, that was something that I thought was a good idea, but as far as tech goes, you know, there is none, you know, I, I filled out, I've been to seven national events probably in the last two years, maybe eight. And there, there's nothing I've never had, you know, unless the guy that I hand my tech card to smart enough to know that I, and I'm, I'm, semi-dumb when it comes to this stuff i've been known to write the wrong factor on it or, or just in general the wrong do the wrong math on the weight and unless the person i that i'm handing it to knows more than me it goes to the wayside and nobody figures it out so you know that's definitely stuff that's kind of pissed me off i guess in nhra because there's nobody to to check and make sure what's going on the racetrack is what it's supposed to be 
Yeah, I hear you. I wish we could make that process or NHRA could make that process easier on its employees. A nice, uh, easy spreadsheet software program where they just can, I don't know, reference something real quick if they have to. They may already have that. I don't know. But for anybody that anybody that's listening to this that wasn't, you know, following the Southern Sportsman Showdown on uh, Friday, the Mickey Thompson $20,000 to win event aaron allison took the win over marion stevenson so aaron allison won super stock marion stevenson won stock they were separate until that final round and then they squared off for 20k in the final round where aaron allison got the win he had a modified car over marion stevenson's uh corvette or uh, corvette camaro what's marion stevenson have a 2015 camaro and aaron allison has what does he have a like a grand am or some kind of it's a it's a Cavalier, but I don't know the, the year. Once you get in okay. the '90s Cavaliers and Grand Ams, they get confused. But it is a Cavalier, and I don't know the exact year. But Marion's is that '15 uh, B stock automatic Camaro. B stock automatic Camaro. Okay, and then in Saturday's race, so it's supposed to be 20k on Friday, 20k on Saturday, 20k on Sunday. Sunday had a threat of rain, so they doubled up the purse on Saturday. Forty thousand to win on Saturday. Joe Santangelo in his Camaro uh, GT. K automatic Camaro, I believe, uh, over Michael Brand in his Stalker uh, Firebird. I believe uh, he was the E-Stock e automatic, or, something like yeah, that. E mm -hmm. I usually I need to find. I always have my qualifying sheets, but I couldn't find a qualifying sheet for this unless I had need to dig deeper. But uh, Joe Santangelo took the win in Super Stock. Michael Brand took the win in Stock, and then for the 40K, Joe Santangelo got the win, and then. We had the Holly Top 64 Showdown. So this was $1,000 to enter. Did you enter this race, Tyler? I did. I, I was in that. Um, it was, you know, it's something. It's hard, to, it's hard to pass that up for sure. Not a good showing in that either as the rest of the weekend. Right. Actually, yeah, you told because I said the first, literally the first three pairs that went down, there was a lot of double O lights, and you said you were in one of those first uh, couple pairs. So for the $50,000 uh, purse Joel Warren took the win he's got a super stock H automatic uh, Pontiac Firebird looks looks like a stalker and he took the win over Britt Cummins and Britt Cummins had a Corvette if I'm not mistaken is that the car he was driving yep he was in I believe a stock automatic in in one of their uh two C5 Corvettes yep that's right okay so man Whew. Joel Warren don't party too hard, pal. I would assume there was some splits going on in all these races. And if there uh, weren't, I feel really yeah. bad for the runner-ups. <laughs> no, they definitely did a bunch. Uh, I know that – I know Friday night they did uh, – you know, Ricky Pennington had two cars in there in at four. And they did a little bit at four. And I believe Aaron – Aaron still got a pretty good chunk, I believe, fourteen or 15,000 there uh, on Friday. I was not a part of the split for Saturday. Not sure what they did there. I asked a few people here before before we started, um, but I haven't. Let's see. I think runner-up, it looks like maybe runner-up got 15. Um, winner probably in that 25 range. Don't know that for sure. Just taking a taking a wild guess at that. Uh, still, still a great payday. And then we also had a D7 Lucas Oil Divisional in Las Vegas. And there, I just want to give a couple results from there. It was kind of like the, the untalked about race this weekend was overshadowed for sure 
But the uh, number one qualifier was Steve Teeter in stock eliminator. He has an M stock automatic 70 Camaro. Must be uh, some kind of two barrel car. He went 114 under. Mind shift was missed by one car by one thousandth of a second. So they needed one car. The number 42 qualifier had to go 85 under. He went 84 nine under. So mind shift was missed by one thou which is pretty interesting because a couple cars went more than a second under and may trigger reviews. And then in Superstock, Larry McClanahan had a factory Superstock C uh, Mustang, 16 Mustang. He went 105 under. And then the event winner in stock, I mean, you guessed it, Justin Lamb in his 2020 Camaro. And Superstock, you probably guessed it also, Ryan McClanahan. I believe he's got a, what, Superstock A modified uh, Cobalt or Cavalier or something of the sort. He won Superstock, and then we had class runoffs for Superstock. Not stock, just Superstock at this event. So I'm just going to quickly give everybody the winners in class. Superstock E-Automatic, we had Jack Bystrom in a 68 Camaro. Uh, Superstock F-Automatic, Tony Hughes in a 69 Mustang, 428. Gotta love it. Superstock G-Automatic, Rich Pinoski in a 67 Nova. Superstock J-Automatic, it says Dave Kelly beat Dave Kelly, so I don't know what that's all about, but I'm guessing Dave Kelly got the win in a 98 Firebird. Superstock K-Automatic, Randy Logue. The Logue or Loge, I don't know. Somebody can just tell me this one time. I'll never get it wrong again. It's a I think it's actually Logie, like Logie. I'm not Logie, sure. all right. Neither one of my guesses was, was right. So Randy Logie, 72 Demon. He got the win in Superstock K-Automatic. Uh, Superstock P-Automatic, Paul Wong. Man, he's got a lot of cars, that guy. He's got an O2 Firebird here. Uh, Paul Wong. That, maybe that was like, what was that guy's name? Doolittle had that black Firebird at one time. Superstock P automatic. A modified was Ryan McClanahan. He got the class win in his 08 Cobalt. Okay, GTJ automatic, Phil Kakuza in his 08 Cobalt. That's a really nice car. Uh, GTK automatic, Len Schneider in the 84 Thunderbird. He got the win there. GTL Automatic, Ken Etter, and 93 Shadow. Wow, over uh, Kayla Mazaris and her 93 Daytona. Factory Superstock B, Ray Martin in a 2014 Camaro. Factory Superstock D, Tim Seymour in a 2016 Camaro. The Stick Combo, the Clutch Guru, Rob Youngblood in his 76 Corvette. And the Auto Combo, Jim Grossi Jr. in a 95 Achieva and combo factory stock was Tom Ferrugia in a 2013 Camaro. So, congrats, ladies and gentlemen, on your class wins in Superstock. One last race we also had was an NMCA stock Superstock uh, combo. Well, it was an NMCA race that was including a stock Superstock combo in Bradenton, Florida. And at that race, Mark Nowicki. Took the win over Larry Hill. Mark Nowicki's got a 98 Dodge Avenger over Larry Hill in the recognizable uh, 1970 Barracuda. So that was the other racing going on this weekend. I did. Uh, I did find the qualifying sheets there for the for the Sportsman Show down there in South Georgia, and the I was just going to bring up the number one qualifiers there because they were pretty. Uh, pretty sporty. Jeff Nicewinger actually went 954 in Super J Automatic with his Camaro, which. That's 145 under. That's pretty sporty. They had 14 cars at a second under in super stock. Uh, looking at stock here, Jeff Taylor went 155 under in that Challenger. 
and they had roughly 23 cars that were a second under there. So had like four cars that went 140 under. PB Candies was in the top three in both classes. That's one thing I enjoyed about it too is we really got to see what the cars could do. You know, there was no – I'm sure there was still plenty of holding back. There wasn't guys letting it all rip, but it was fun to see how fast some of those cars actually are. I mean, the weather was great, and it's better than anything we'll ever see. But, I mean, wow, there was, there were some guys out there honking. Yeah, yeah, the weather was pretty incredible. It started out the weekend not, you know, nothing 2,500 feet or something like that. But um, by the time of Saturday morning qualifying rolled around, we were like negative 400 feet, and the correction was like 990 or something like that. So it was uh, it was as sporty as you're going to find for, for anywhere in the country, especially this time of year. So what's funny about that is you said nothing special, 2,500 feet, where that's probably the best air we ever run in here in the Dakotas. <laughs> Uh, that's that's pretty uh average you know uh until july or august where we see maybe four or five thousand feet but you know 2500 3000 feet's about as bad as it's gonna you're gonna see over here yeah and it was just it was fun to watch we actually had my grandfather turn 89 this past weekend so we had a little get together for him at my dad's house and i had the racing on big screen i had the motor mania tv on and, you know, it was on the whole time after we were kind of done with, you know, cake and ice cream and all that. Everybody, people that don't even care about racing in my family, you know, we were all just kind of gathered in the living room. We were watching it. And the wheelies alone were enough to just everybody just kept saying, wow, like they were so impressed by stock and super stock. They don't even I mean, they don't even I, I've been doing this for years and half of them don't even know that that's the classes that I run. And it was like. It was so great to have that on TV. I mean, even my grandmother was asking, what channel is this on? <laughs> and I had to tell her, well, it's a Roku, and it's the YouTube and Motor Mania TV. But it was nice to actually I – d- I did my best this weekend. I brought in a, a little new audience for Stock and Super Stock. So my work yeah, and, and that's, you know, just the kids at the racetrack. Like, I was backing up from that burnout. And like, I mean, obviously, there wasn't 10,000 people in the stands, but there was a bunch of kids, you know, kind of watching around, and they were just – so pumped and you could tell like you could tell that gave them a little bit of that drive towards maybe running stock and super stock and some of those guys that were doing the big wheelies and long haney's run even though it did not work out for him at all the kids and the and the people watching online i mean that was viral so you know like i said i, I think it's a very good deal to try to gain some momentum for our sport because you know i'm a third generation super stock racer or second second or third generation super stock racer and anybody else my age you know hayden trumbull uh who's a good d4 racer that's younger than me his dad did it i mean you know there's no like new young kids just coming up and saying this is what i want to do and nobody's you know my dad didn't do it so i'm hoping that stuff like this not only for the racers that are doing it now um getting what they deserve but to drive some more kids and and people in general to our sport well, that was what I enjoyed about watching it, too. There was no other classes. Like, it was all class cars. Like, there was some downtime that my ADD kicked in, and it was hard when you're sitting there watching, like, come on, let's just keep running. But And it's hard to run basically two classes of cars and make a full show all day. Like, there's going to be downtime, and I can understand that. But I just enjoyed, like, I've never been to a national event. I don't really watch pro stock or funny cars. Like, that's I just want to watch class cars. So it was kind of just a pure class racing and that's what i really enjoyed about watching it and i think that it did expose a lot of people to what what we're doing and i think it's it really was great for the sport 
and HRA is still awesome and I think that's kind of the backbone of everything and that's where it's still going to come down to but it was just fun to have another outlet to bring audience in and just revive what class racing is yeah yeah and that's you know that's where I'm at too uh, you know I tell people I'm not I'm not trying to definitely not trying to compete with HRA not trying to you know take class racing away from them or change class racing I just want to bring it back to what it used to be and, and revive it and you know, maybe if NHRA pays attention, show them that this is what they need to be doing, you know, to keep, you know, the, the, we pay the bills, you know, that there's no entry fee and, you know, obviously the sponsors for the pro classes, but, you know, we pay an entry fee to race and the pros don't. And that's a huge thing that, you know, I don't want to be thrown out in the ditch and told this is where I'm going to park and then, you know, come tell me to come make my run and then tell me, no, I can't make my run now. And then an hour later I'm making a run and, you know, just all the stuff that NHRA really makes me mad about or makes other people mad about. We are the ones, um, you know, paying to get in the gate. So uh, definitely Jason Line had the great the great comment um, online that this is the kind of stuff where racers are celebrated and not tolerated. So I think people definitely saw that. I think it's definitely a good thing. Um, the downtime is a struggle. Um, you know, I think what we've done for next week to kind of avoid a lot of that Wednesday is still going to be hard because it's your first day, but the, the consolation races that we're doing, the, the, the five granders, uh, the Jegs consolation races, they are, you know, they're going to be that filler time between rounds, hopefully late um, in the race on Thursday. So, you know, little stuff like that, which they'll learn and, and everybody that tries to do this is going to learn is, you know, there's ways to fill time and not um, stray from the, the class racing aspect. So, you know, I, I hope that maybe we can, we, I definitely learned a lot from this race. I uh, was glad to be a part of it. I learned a lot, not only as a promoter, but as a racer as well. So um, definitely looking forward to next week for ours and any in the future. I'm definitely a supporter of anybody that wants to try it. Uh, the, what the one thing is, is that I'm, I don't think either one of the groups here, my, me and Brian or uh, Bo, Dave and Jason got the support that we, hope for um which i kind of want to make a comment about but i'll probably wait until after next week it is kind of astonishing to me that um there's got to be two thousand just call it a thousand uh, different um stock super stock racers and that if you take orlando's race that west buck did bo's race and and our race that we're doing you can maybe come up with 210 different guys that are attending these deals and that's hard for me to understand so you know, that's one thing that if people want to see this continue, they're going to have to uh, support it a little better. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we do that in the future. Do we know what the total numbers you have signed up already for your race are? Um, I have got a bunch in the last couple of days. So I was at like 150, um, which, by the way, I got a call yesterday. So anybody that's watching on, this is guaranteed money. I know we've talked about it on here before, but I mean, if I get 150 cars, it's still paying 25 to win each race. Just like Bo's paid 20 a day each race, and he got 157 or eight. Um, I think I'm probably closing in on 160. You're looking at, I know we're over 80 in super stock, and we're right close to 80. It's pretty even. A um, little less stockers entered, but we are gaining momentum after after that race, which uh, I expected a little bit. I don't, not quite as big as I'd hoped of a push afterwards, but we'll see. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, that's just the hard part. Is uh, there's so many people that that want to change, but they don't take the opportunities when they're available.
yeah, it's definitely, uh, I thought there'd be more people too. I know the, the spring and the time frame of getting cars ready and the weather, but I will say, you know, here in South Dakota where winter should last like nine months, it's looking good. My grass is greening up. I mean, the roads are going to be dry. There's all the excuses why not to pull your car there, but I think what mother nature is getting rid of all those. So the people sitting on the fence that want to just watch online, just pull your stuff there and go race. It'll be more fun. You'll have a lot better time. Stop with the excuses. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know that the Easter weekend thing for me, uh, for my events, not great. I, I'm not, you know, I know that that's not ideal. Um, that there's definitely quite a few people who can't make that happen. Um, but Bo's race, you know, I keep going back to, to Bo, Dave and Jason's race. So sportsman showdown currently what they sent down the track around one Friday is what's entered in my race. So yes, there is another 20 or 30 people, um, that, can't come because of the holiday, but those 20 or 30 people were, were already at the, the sportsman showdown and I talked to them and, you know, that's why they can't come. So, you know, I've already, I've already got those people. They are supporting, but there's still eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, 900 racers that, that are, aren't coming in and, and sure call it half of those, um, you know, don't do social media, don't see this stuff and are diehard NHRA guys, but the other half are online complaining about it all the time but just still don't do nothing. And it's so frustrating for me um, to understand that. That's just a little vent um, for the day. But um, yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to, to think that you can only muster up 200 people over the course of three races paying, you know, $200,000 for, for stock super stock. And, you know, there's no other races. I, obviously last week Vegas had a D7 race. Um, I'm the idiot that took Easter weekend. So there's not going to be anything there. Um, but you know, Orlando, there was a divisional the week or two before, two weeks before, maybe a month before, but right after that's, uh, the Gator Nationals. Now they had the baby Gators, which obviously hurts them, but they had like 20 cars. Now Bo has a race last week and NMCA still pulls 60. Um, so the baby Gators is obviously going to hurt Orlando, but 20 cars is still ridiculous. And if there's, there's 300 guys in Florida that race that stuff and 125 of them show up or, or 225 of them race that weekend and only 20 of them go to a 10 grander. So it's, it's hard for me, just like I said, super frustrating to figure out. Well, I know everybody's got, everybody's got lives and other stuff going on and getting the schedules anymore. The, the older a person gets, especially like when you have kids, it's there's 10 things to do every single weekend and it's hard to prioritize which one you want to go to and which ones you don't. But it's, uh, I know I had a call last week. Hey, let's load the cars up and go to Georgia. And I'm like, nah, that's crazy. And I sat at home all weekend watching. I'm just like, why am I not there? Like, sorry, John, you were right. We should have loaded up and went because the weather was great. I have no excuse not to be there. Like, my car's not ready, but I could have run one of his. It would have been great. And I sat at home staring at the TV, just pissed off. I didn't go the whole day. So don't make the same mistake I did. Get signed up, and we'll see you in St. Louis. Yeah, and and he texted me actually while I was announcing with Joe and sent me a bunch of pictures. He was working on his stuff, and he was wishing he was there too, for sure. So uh, I believe we're talking about McLaughlin. But um, I did want to mention that we've added a couple of things for next week. Uh, a lot of guys were asking about test and tune. Uh, we made a post earlier in the week, but you might not have saw it. We are going to be testing on Tuesday. Uh, race starts Wednesday. Uh, you can park on Tuesday. You can do that already. So, but we're also going to test a hundred a car. 
um, to test on Tuesday, be believe 12 to six. Um, I'll have to check my times, but I'm almost 100% on that. And with it not being full, uh, so a couple things. If you haven't sent the remainder of your money, we're good, okay? If you would rather send a check, go ahead, or pay online, that's fine. Um, but at this point, we are gonna allow people to show up. So entries at the gate are available. Um, and if you only wanna run one of the races, so maybe Easter is a problem. You wanna come run the Wednesday, Thursday portion of the event, 375, you can run that. Or maybe work's the issue and you can only run the second race, 375, and you can run that event um, as well. So not what I wanted to do. Um, it's never the option. You know, you want to be full when you get there, but it just didn't work out for this one. And maybe I, I mean, I'm hoping that I figure out some issues. You know, maybe somebody vents to me and tells me what's wrong with what we're doing and we can learn from it and move on and maybe, maybe gain from that. So, um, Right now, it's just it's there's no there's no answers to to the problems, um, but but yeah. So if you want to come run one of those races, it's three seventy five, and then we are going to be testing on that Tuesday. And um, this is this is no shot um, at anybody, but I know a lot of people were asking about the downtime last weekend early in the day. That was just simply because this is new. They had to input all of the uh, indexes for these classes and the racers and the computer system and stuff like that. And, and, you know, the, like I said, class changes and whatnot, they were learning all that. And I was fortunate enough to kind of be in the tower and be a part of that and learn a little bit. Um, but St. Louis has preloaded all of that for us. So hopefully, hopefully it goes a lot smoother when it comes to that kind of stuff. So we won't have that early downtime making the day longer. Um, but like I said, that's, that's no shot at nobody. That's, this is hard stuff to do when it comes to promoting and, and that's issues you're going to run into, especially when you're the first one trying to do something like this. Um, so, so yeah, that's some updates we got. Obviously we got some new sponsors as well. Uh, Holly came on board, going to be a part of the live feed Liberty gears also with that and legacy. Um, Elite obviously doing the comp program. We're gaining interest with that. I believe we're going to we're definitely over that 20 car mark. That's going to be something super awesome. If you can see behind me here, we have a hood scoop laying over there. We've, we've got us a comp car. My uncle did, and uh, he's going to come hang out and be a part of that. He's super pumped as well as everybody that I've heard of uh, from the comp side. The CIC program that we were going to do with 32 cars in each class, um, we've kind of, we've redid that. Um, it's going to be 16 cars in each class. We will start with number one qualifier. It's going to be 150 bucks and 2,500 to win. So we'll, we'll go down the list of qualifiers. And when we reach 16 people that are interested, we will, that's, that's our field of cars. Um, 16 stockers, 16 super stockers separated for 2,500 each. And we're not going to ladder it. How we're going to do it is a chip draw. So if you're that 16th guy worried about running, you know, obviously running a higher qualifier, maybe number one or number eight, depending on how you decide to do the ladder, uh, it's going to be chip draw. So one race is one, two races, two, all the way to eight. Um, so something cool there to kind of spice it up a little bit for the, for the lower qualified guys in that deal. Um, number one qualifier still going to get a bonus for being number one qualifier. And he's still got who knows how much on the field, but um, for, for kind of that 15, 16 guy, spices it up a little bit for him and makes it a little bit more enticing um, for the CIC program. Well, there you have it. You're doing, you know, I mean, you're doing a lot to entice people to attend this race. So I, I wish I could come. Um, I wish I had a car that was ready to come. And um, 
I know Brian's coming. Somebody asked if we were going to be on location. Yep, Brian's going to be there. He'll probably lose first round, so he'll be able to do a lot of interviews and uh, get a lot of footage and do whatever you want him to do. Whoever was asking about that. I plan on doing and... live from the winner's circle as they're handing me my check. <laughs> so... I hope I am. I really do. I, I really hope I am. I, I know I've mentioned it every time I've been on here, but you guys have been a, a huge help to this deal. And I believe I have, I know that St. Louis is as close to D5 as I can get and stay in, stay in my stomping grounds, but I've got as much D5 support as I do D3, which is another thing that bothers me, but that's okay. Um, and, and I understand your problem, Bobby. It's, you know, when you plan on waiting until May to race, you know, normally, I mean, I know that my year starts a little earlier with the bracket cars, but I'm not going to have a motor back normally in a super stock car until late April. So it's hard to be ready for a, a race in March and April when your engine builder's got your motor and 35 others to do. Um, you know, that's tough. Cars, cars are tough to get together. That's, that's a part of it. Um, but yeah, you guys have been a huge deal the, you know, that North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, I believe if you take those three states and combine them with like any other three states we have, they blow them out of the water. So I don't know what y'all did up there. Y'all must want to go racing, but we got a ton of you. Well, it's cold here forever, so we're just excited to get out and make it somewhere. But there should be a – you should do a point series for the state that has, what goes the most rounds. They're uh, the losing state by supper or something. That would be a good one. Uh, you know, that is a fantastic idea, and I'm going to take make the executive decision that we are – uh, gonna do some kind of battle of the states thing that sounds awesome i'm in for sure it it was pretty cute because i had my uh nine-year-old my 13-year-old my wife we were watching on i think it was saturday and uh they're getting the check you know on the kids on the line and my nine-year-old goes dad what would you do if you won i said i'd probably cry <laughs> and he's like dad you're not gonna cry on tv i'm like no honestly i think if somebody handed me a check for that much money going through that many rounds with that kind of drivers i'm gonna cry so i'm just gonna call it now i don't want no hate mail when i'm winning and i'm freaking balling like a baby because i think that would be freaking awesome oh yeah for sure and you know it's it's that feeling when you roll into the lanes for round one like i did last week and normally you know you can qualify and kind of avoid some of the hitters for a couple of rounds there was none of that this weekend so if you win at if you won last week like those guys did or you win next week like um you guys have a chance to you beat the elite guys you definitely got a good chance uh, you know if you, if you did that you did it and i hope that yeah it's uh I think just making it through round one was just a pretty awesome feat in itself. I mean, with the, the hitters that are there and the guys that have a lot of a time and a lot of experience and some of the best equipment in the country, just to go first round is a huge accomplishment. For sure. For sure. Like I said, when you rolling up for round one, there was no avoiding anybody. You know, obviously the guys who won were there, but there was, there was 60 other, you know, there were 66 cars in Superstock, 50 of them were known people who are known to win and know what they're doing. You know, there was, there wasn't a guy there that didn't think he could win that race. Well, that's awesome. I just want to reach out and thank everybody that put together that race. And I was a promoter. It's, it's stressful. I'm trying to get car counts. Like, I don't think people quite, I have no concept of what you guys actually went through uh, for Bo and his team and Jason and everyone, or even you, Tyler, like the, 
I don't think people realize what it takes to put on an event like this. And I just want to give you props for trying. I mean, that's, we want more people to know about class racing and get more traction and what you guys are doing. And actually, I mean, it's one thing to talk about it, but to actually step up and put your butt on the line and take the risk and do it. I just hats off to you guys. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Well, I, I appreciate it as well as everybody here. And I'll show you if you could, this is the first throw up of race promoting. Um, we'll have six more this week before it starts, but you know, uh, I want to, you know, just like you say, give a hats off to, uh, to Bo and Jason and Dave and, and Randy Lynn and, and Jennifer Folk and Tim Conley and, and everybody that was involved in that deal. Cause it's not easy. And what they did was awesome. I was happy to be a part of it and hope that they'll do it again so that I can, um, you know, be a part of it. All right, man. Well, best of luck to you. I was just wondering though, quick, before we let you go, what about, you know, cause, cause the, the main objective, our point of this podcast was to try and bring new blood into stock and super stock and make people aware of it. But could these tracks do something, you know, I noticed there was nobody in the stands at uh, Bo's race right there. Can the tracks, like, can we do something like cheap spectators, free spectators, something like that? Maybe class eliminations to entice a couple more racers to come. A lot of prizes were given away last week. Maybe, uh, maybe if they had a day where they ran class and gave prizes to class winners, that might entice some of the... Uh, the purists to come out and see if they can take their shot at that and win something there as opposed to, uh, you know, a lot of the purists don't like the fact that stock and super stock is basically an expensive bracket race. So I'm just trying to figure out ways in my little head right now to try and get entice more, uh, participation at these events. And I'm really going to make a lot of enemies with this last one here. Um, but I don't like stock and super stock racing against each other. That's just me. Like I don't, want to be in a stocker racing against a modified trans brake air shifted super stocker. That's just, I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of that, but I, I get it. I get why that has to happen. And for the uh, sake of participation, but um, those are just a couple ideas that I just wanted to throw out there. If uh, you know, if anybody agrees or disagrees with me. Yeah. And, and, you know, as far as running them together, I would love um, to figure out the best way to maybe not do that. Cause I know there's a lot of guys like you. I don't think, um, you know, even as a super stock guy, you know, the modified guys, they don't want to run a, a slow car. You know, when I'm in a dragster, I don't want to run a door car because it's just as hard for me to drive it going fast as it is for them going slow. Um, class eliminations would definitely help participation. It's hard to figure out, I think, uh, for this first one. I think I could definitely figure it out for the next one. Uh, now that I've gotten dove in a little bit, I think it's definitely a possibility in the future. It would definitely help participation. Um, as far as what tracks could do to get people in the stands, um, you know, I think that's what NHRA is always going to be able to do is spend the money on advertising to make it happen. And the promoter like me just can't do it. Um, and you're doing it at big facilities. So, you know, my little home track here at Ohio Valley, I don't have to put anything out there. I might go put out a couple, um, you know, free spectate, you know, I'll, I'll make a stack of 500 free spectator, uh, little cards and put them at the hardware store or put them at the white castle or whatever. And, you know, I'll have a thousand spectators at this little track camping with their RVs or whatever. Um, but when you're doing it at a big facility in a big city like St. Louis or, you know, South Georgia is just so 
I don't even know the word for it, but it, it'd be hard for them to in that location. Um, I don't live there. Maybe it's the problem. I can't go out to those kind of places and make it happen um, like I can here in Louisville. So there's there's definitely ways to do it. It's just it's it's always going to be a money thing when it comes to advertising and, and putting spectators in the stands. Awesome. Well, like I said, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you've done. Um, it was awesome. And I think, you know, we can learn from what Bo did. Like, you know, they they had a great show. You're going to have a great show. And I think everybody's going to be able to refine it and improve on it. You know, there's a lot of people who are going to have opinions and criticisms. But just like I said, once again, hats off to you guys for putting your butt on the line and hanging it out there and getting it done. Um, and I look forward to being out there. Um, anybody that's coming out to the race, look me up. It'd be fun to meet you guys. Like I said, hopefully I'm going rounds. So I won't be doing a lot of interviewing. But if somebody wants to help out, since I can't get Bobby to come over there, I guess hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear. And if you're there and you want to help out, let me know. All hope is not lost. I'm still looking for a flight from Philly to St. Louis. If something pops up, we just need a sponsor with a jet that can I swing by and extra, pick us up and drop nice us off. To my uh, fiance. <laughs> <laughs> um, two more announcements, though. Atlanta Dragway is going to host their final national event um, ever this year. It's the 40th anniversary, so that does not sound good. It sounds like that track is probably going to close at the end of the year. And uh, limited fans at the ZMAX 4 wide. I read that today. So if anybody was planning on going there, I don't know what limited fans means. I haven't seen an actual number or percentage of what the, f the facility's capacity is. And uh, I hope, you know, they still get – I hope they get the max turnout for what they're allowed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, but like I said, thank you guys for, for having me on. You definitely helped me, helped me with this deal, get it out to the racers and looking forward to it. And uh, I guess we're seven days away from finding out. So uh, can't wait. Can't wait to get it all started. All right, Tyler, good luck. We're pulling for you. Have a great race. Have great weather. Good competition. Nice big wheelies. Oh, one last thing. It's probably been mentioned a million times. Is it streaming live? Yep. We'll be streaming Motor Mania TV. And that's, uh, I will tell you, that's sponsored by Craig Liberty, Liberty's Gears, um, Holly and legacy heating and air. So appreciate those guys. But yes, Motor Mania TV will be on site from Wednesday until the end of the event. All right, there you have it. So Motor Mania TV, again, hopefully get a nice uh, crowd on there of 2000 streamers and an even uh, larger crowd at the track and a nice uh, crowd of racers participating at the event. This is Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com. Check us out on Facebook, Class Racing Today on YouTube, Class Racing Today, Instagram, Class Racing Today. Everywhere, Class Racing Today. It's really not that hard. Just type that in. All right, Craig, you're the man. You still there? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is Class Racing Today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, don't forget, classracingtoday.com. Bobby just mentioned it. Uh, email, questions, comments, uh, or you want to help sponsor the show and make it better uh, gmail or classracingtoday at gmail.com is the email address to do that um, thanks so much for listening Tyler thanks a lot good luck next weekend um, I guess week and a half uh, Brian hopefully you can uh, get there and represent a little bit uh, if you guys are out and you want to say hi he will be uh, around the track so check it out talk to him uh, run up give him some treats uh, one thing he likes is red cinnamon bears so <laughs> Thanks a lot, you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.